Welcome to the Good Theological Thursday podcast. My name is James Crockett. And I am Dre Clark. And we are glad to have you join in our conversation today. We hope that this podcast helps you as you think about your life and God and how they fit together. And a good Theological Thursday to all of you. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 1 of the podcast. Uh, Dre, we had a shortened Season 4, but we are back for Season 5, turning the page um, on 2020, uh, which everyone was excited to do, but then it turns out, um, given the events that happened just yesterday, that we still live in a broken world, and 2021 is not turning out all that much better. Yep, yep. It's uh, Which I think everybody knew in the back of their head, you know, like it's just because a, a year changes, like nothing's actually changed. And so I think we all knew it, but I think it was just more of like, yeah, let's make this year better. And so I'm still optimistic for the year, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's not off to a great start. Is it, uh, with, yeah. with just everything happening and stuff we've talked about before, you know, back even in season four, we hit on a couple of these issues. I don't remember if it was last season that we had a day on, uh, you know, talking about, some of the issues we talked, we brought Paul Calcote on. Talk, some of these guys that we really brought in talking about gospel unity, um, and I think we were going to hit that again in a little bit in a, in a way to James because I think it's just another message that we need to really continue to reflect upon and press into. So that's where I think we're going to head today is talking about just some events and, uh, and and continue to process our call as Christians. So that's where we're going to head in today's episode is talking more about. Uh, what do we do whenever we continue to live in a disunified and ever-growing disunified world? Yeah. Yeah, it's an important conversation to have. Um, it's uh, it's a real issue we face. And it's it's really important in increasing division um, that Christians know how, how are we to properly reflect Christ? How do we properly reflect biblical values um, to the culture around us? Um, so yeah, important conversation today, um, just processing everything that happened yesterday and what should our response be. But before we get into that, Dre, we're going into our segment that's typically been on book recommendations, but we're making a slight change to it. So you want to um, share just a little bit of the change we're making to this segment? Yeah, so if you've been listening to our podcast for the last four seasons, uh, then you know that we always kind of begin or end with just, you know, what's our re- weekly book recommendation? What's the things that we're reading um, and I, I don't want to say that we've run out of books, James. I think I want to <laughs> say that we've run out of books that people will actually want to read. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think that's, I think that's a better, yeah. Um, and, I think it's better. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think we're going to change and we're going to start doing a new segment at the beginning of each one of our podcasts where not only do we share a book, but we'll share an, a thought and interest, maybe an idea, maybe something from an article, or maybe if we're reading a book, it might be the same book, but a different thought out of that book every week, but we're going to try to make it a little bit more uh, engaging and give you some more content at the beginning of our episode before we get into the actual discussion. And so just kind of like a small segment that we're going to try out to see, um, you know, hey, here's what me and James are thinking through. Here's what we're reading. And that was always the intent of it was just to bring you along where we're at and where we're studying. And so you can kind of see us at the beginning of ideas. So that's what we're going to try to do Mm. today is we're going to start off with uh, a book, a thought, an interest, idea, you know, what what we're diving into this week. James, what have you been doing this week? Kick us off. Uh, with what you've been reading, what you've been thinking about over maybe the last couple of weeks, I guess, since we've had a break. Yeah. Um, Dre, I'll, 
add to i think it really is true a lot of the books like i could recommend uh no one's going to want to read because i'm <laughs> doing dissertation research and it's all highly academic stuff um and I, I really wouldn't you have to have like so much study in the background to even understand some of these books so um anyways not, not the, the best point reading. is a lot of people yeah a lot of, yeah it's not um yeah easy reading so uh I, i'll tell you a thought, an article I came across this week I thought was very interesting. And this is um, obviously, you know, with some of the stuff that happened last year, but even before some of the stuff that happened last year, um, this is an interesting subject to me to read through. And uh, I read this article on the Gospel Coalition uh, by Kevin DeYoung. Uh, he wrote this article, uh, he entitled it, We Must Find a Better Way to Talk About Race. Um, so again, we're talking about race conversations and really his focus is on um well I'll, I'll say this he gives three he gives three things that are important to consider he says one focus on ideas not labels two approach the conversation with intellectual integrity and personal maturity and then three be willing to work with a few common sense both and propositions um uh, i would encourage anyone you could to go read that article i think there's some interesting things he says where he tries to he does his best to look at the issue from both sides of the aisle but um like even on the idea focus on ideas not label he talks a lot about critical race theory which is a big big topic when you talk about these deeper conversations about race and there are varying opinions on it Dre, i think i've even mentioned that you know i'd love for us to eventually get to do an episode on that even a biblical outlook of critical race theory what it is but mm-hmm. i And there's some differing opinions, even in the Christian world, on its usefulness. Um, But one of the things I I think that was fairly insightful that he mentioned is he basically says a lot of times when it comes to the issue of CRT, um, and I I would say this is actually true of a lot of issues. He says we end up, most of our debates are actually more on how to even define critical race theory and not on the ideas maybe that come with critical race theory. Mm -hmm. So we're really more arguing about definitions and um, maybe that's not the best use of our time. Maybe what we need to do is, okay, what are some general ideas being brought about with critical race theory? And let's talk about those ideas. Um, And I think that's true in a lot of areas of life and a lot of areas of theology, a lot of issues we discuss in the church. Sometimes we might do more times we we spend more t- not not that it not that it's not that it's useless to converse about how to define certain terms, but um, maybe we we do more debating on definitions, things that are less important, yeah, uh, rather than concepts. Um, so I just I found that to be an interesting thought to think through. It really is. I, I like the idea too. You know, I, I think that defining terms is really good for personal use and personal study and personal consistency. Mm-hmm. But but maybe when it comes to application, as I find myself the same way, like I have very unique definitions of most of the terminology used in church, uh, but I don't import those on other people. I use them for myself for my own sanity and my own consistency. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I just constantly was balking at everyone else's use of those words, I would never get anywhere with anybody. So I like that idea. Yeah. I think that's I think that's really cool. I'm gonna have to go check that out. Um, mm-hmm. Well, cool. My, my thought too, James. You're, you're finished with your with your article. Anything else you want to say about it? Yeah. No. No. I, I, I encourage other people to go read it. Um, yeah. I, I think. Uh, 
Yeah, I'll say this. I've actually, I actually remember listening to a podcast where it was two church leaders and they were debating on the usefulness of critical race theory. And the the thing I found most interesting about it was I felt like in most important areas, they actually agreed. Um, but really what they were arguing is how do you define the theory? Um, mm. and what are, what are the most important aspects of it? So, and it, so it kind of lived out what Kevin Young even mentioned in his article. Um, and, mm. I, and I'm saying this as someone who is really, uh, to be honest, no fan. I'm not really a fan of mm-hmm. CRT. I think it, I think there is a lot of problems with it, but, um, it's, it's just a good perspective. And so anyways, I, I'd encourage anyone to go read it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and so my, my thought for the week, my kind of thing, James, is, is very much along the si- lines of that. And so we, we're really kind of wrestling through the same stuff. And, and mine is uh, I was listening to some articles on sa- lectures on sanctification uh, by a guy named Michael Allen. They're on uh, Audible. And so I just found them. And it was just one of the things I happen to have been listening to. Um, but one of the things that I think is pressing and this really relates to our conversation later today that really is pressing on our culture is this idea of how do you define humanity? How do you define uh, who people are and how do we live together? Um, I think Mm -hmm. that's the question that theologians, that Christians, uh, that anyone listening to this, that you're going to have to learn to engage in really well over the next, uh, you know, decade, the next century, maybe this is the theological question. Whereas in the past, you know, it was Trinity or it was the, the hypostatic union, the nature of Christ himself, or it was the nature of scripture, the nature of, all these different things that the church has kind of wrestled through theologically as you see it progress. I think this is our battle. This is what we have to think through. And so um, the beginning point point of all that is this idea of being made in the image of God. And there's a lot of stuff being written on this and thought about it. But I heard a new idea in this lecture on sanctification by Michael Allen. And uh, I just want a quick thought, but it was this idea that whenever you see a picture, whenever you see an image of something, the first thing that you uh, maybe don't acknowledge actively, but the first thing that you presuppositionally acknowledge about that picture is that that picture is not the thing itself. If I see a picture Mm. of a beautiful mountainscape, right? Well, I know that I'm not actually at that mountain. And so, so the picture is not the thing itself. And so talking about what does it mean to be made in the image of God? It was just kind of this unique idea of we are made in the image of God, but we are not God himself. Like we, we're meant to bear and reflect in point. Um, and so I've heard lots mm. of things on the image of God. I thought that was just another new idea for me um, of, you know, I never really thought about the idea of it's always like, how do we be more godlike? How do we grow and become like God? But yet maybe the point of being an image is first and foremost saying, hey, we are not God. We are not the center of this, that our lives exist to point to something else. And that matches really well with the rest of scripture and doctrine. So uh, kind of a simple idea, yeah. but that's one I came across um, trying to define the value of people. And I think that that should change the way we treat other people. You know, we shouldn't expect people to be God, uh, but but we mm. should encourage people to reflect God in everything they're doing. And we should um, be be people who are encouraging people to become who they're meant to be. And we're not to be these people that are self-absorbed or trying to make a name for ourselves or trying to make fame for ourselves or even trying to advocate for ourselves, but be people who are trying to advocate for God. And maybe that's the point of, of Christianity in existence. And, and maybe that's the foundation, at least, of it. Um, anyways, yeah. that's my thought. Well, yeah, I think it's as you know, you and I've talked. I a lot of my present research, even for my doctoral work, mm-hmm. um, there is an aspect in which I, I, I've been looking a lot at um, what scholars and people have said about the image of God in Genesis, and um, I, I'm firmly, and, and this is maybe a conversation for another time, but I, I'm pretty firmly convinced that uh, Genesis one, when God grants the image of God to humanity, He is 
it is a royal commissioning. It's almost a title yeah. of royalty in which they, in which humanity serves as God's kingly ambassador. But yeah. again, it is to exercise the rule of God. It points creation. Humanity was given the test to point creation back to their creator. Yeah. Right. Um, in the same way, Christ, who is called the image of God, I mean, he's the image of God in a different way than we are, because obviously he is God himself. But even Christ, the son, is pointing um, not only to himself, but he's pointing beyond himself to the redemptive work of the Father, Spirit, the triune God. Um, and, and so, yeah, a, re- a really interesting thought there that I think does align um, uh, w- with Scripture yeah. and what it what is it meant. It speaks a lot about our purpose and our role um, yeah. as those who are in the image of God. Yeah. So let's shift to the, then with that thought, James, and let's talk about um, what happened yesterday and how we are utterly failing right now as a country, as a whole, at doing <laughs> mm-hmm. this um, and why, and just your reflections on everything happening at the Capitol. Um, you know, maybe, maybe we'll title this episode "Capital Chaos." Um, <laughs> yeah, my I thought. like it. Yeah. Uh, what 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 do you, what do you think, James? Whenever you first read this, saw this, I mean, how did it hit you? Um, and, and then how do we respond? That's really what we want to talk about for the rest of our time on this episode. Um, what do we do in this world that we're in? And we've talked about this before, but let's let's add more to the conversation. Let's continue that conversation, James. So, what what are you, what were your initial thoughts? Let's just start there. Yeah, so you know, I'm I've never been a person that is very overtly political. I um I've always kind of seen my role um in ministry, even as a pastor, is I'm not a political commentator. Mm-hmm. I always I will speak to politics, especially when it comes to, you know, in the way that the Bible can speak to it as well as possible, right? I mean, there are certain issues of policy and stuff that are a little harder to speak to, but you know, but you know, I, I was watching. I was watching what's happened yesterday. Um, and I was in my office, and you know, I'm 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 kind of reading the news, and you know, honestly, I, I've never been the person also that you know people always talk about. Oh, you know, I'm just so sad about what's happening in the country, and not to say I don't care, but it, it's I've kind of just never been like a this pessimistic, like you know, everything's going to fall apart. But I got to be honest, you know, I, I was watching a little bit of what was happening yesterday, and I. I really felt a sense of just overwhelming grief mm-hmm. and um, and just uh, almost just complete sadness that this is what we've come to. Um, and then it gets it gets worse when I get on social media and I see how some Christians are reacting to it um, on both sides. Yeah. By the way, yeah. uh, I'm not going to point out just one side. Both sides inappropriate reactions. And, you know, Dre, there's a moment where I, I literally just had to get up from my desk and I walked over to our college building and, um, you know, I just, I spent a little time praying, uh, because I just was like, this is just, you know, I, I, almost just the grief and just the, you know, the, the negativity and the, the chaos was almost a little, it was a little overwhelming, honestly. Um, and I'm not usually one that reacts that way, just those types of things. So yeah. uh, just to kind of be honest and vulnerable, I mean, that's before, you know, we get into talking about theologically and how do we biblically respond to something like this? Those were kind of my initial reactions to everything that was going on. Um, just really a sense of grief um, at how broken we truly are um, as a society. And even as, as a church in some ways. Mm. Um, 
So, Dre, what about you? How how were you processing all of it yesterday? Yeah, right there alongside with you. Um, I, I really want to affirm too. You know, as a pastor, my role in my education, my training is not in politics. Um, you know, I, I started reading Plato's Republic uh, at the beginning of 2020. Um, and I was doing it in Greek, and so I did not finish it. So it was <laughs> it's just one of those yeah. failed attempts. But even as I was reading it, I was like, man, there's there's a lot here to learn. There's, I mean, I, I could do the same thing. I'd try to do a scripture all day just with this book and trying to get into the, what's called the great conversation and and talk through these things. And so I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, that's not my area. Um, and so I try not to get involved. But I think what's happening um, is not just political anymore. Um, it's mm-hmm. personal. And mm-hmm. so I think what we're witnessing, too— um, you know, I, I, I want to be careful as I say this, but but I, I'm this is it's tragic. It's a tragedy, and it's it's wrong. Um, and I yeah. think this is a really dark moment in our in our history. And and it doesn't it doesn't represent our nation well. I don't think it represents um, a, a lot of people that are in this country. The people I meet with every day and get a pastor with, this is not who they are. Um, and so mm-hmm. so the media is being unfair in the sense of what it's showing and what it's doing and what it's maybe creating yeah. in some ways. But yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that. Um, there's a lot of work. Um, and I always, I always kind of think through and we'll get to responses later, but I always think through, you know, I mean, you have studied, you know, first century, second century, third century, and some of the things that happen, at least in, you know, the biblical times, right. You know, all these emperors and Roman emperors and all the sketchy stuff that happens behind the scenes. Um, you know, and it's, it's easy to read back and see those stories and see it really clearly. Cause we have this side of history that views it. But whenever you're in history, whenever you're experiencing through it, there are no easy answers. Um, and it is mm-hmm. it is really messy. And so maybe 100, 200, 300,000 years from now, uh, things will be a lot more clear uh, from that time perspective. But when you're in it, it's not clear. It's muddy. And there are hard choices and hard things that we're having to deal with. And and so I want to feel I want to feel compassion. I want to feel understanding. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I do I have more grief and I have more even some anger. Just why? Why is this happening? Why are we? what what is what has gone so wrong and what are people so upset about that, that it's come to to these kind of moments so yeah that's that's there's a lot of stuff that i'm trying to process through and trying to trying to think about how do i respond and how do i help people respond as a pastor yeah and i think dre your, your point we're talking a lot about even grieving and um you, you know i i think a lot of times we see something like this and maybe our first reaction is, is we've got to respond in some way, but maybe we need to take some time to process and lament yeah. what is happening. I, I'll give a plug to um, have a friend, he, uh, Mitch Tidwell. He works with uh, the SBTC, um, the Southern Baptist of Texas Convention, um, works with the collegiate ministries there. And he wrote like a short blog post. Remember that even at the end of 2020, talking about um, maybe what we need to do with 2020 is lament some of the things that happen and the healthy that lament can be a healthy Christian practice. And, Mm. and maybe part of what we need to do, part of our response is it's okay to lament and to grieve um, at the brokenness of our society and to uh, everything that's going on, the hatred. I mean, that's what it is, the pure hatred that exists and, um, it's okay to, you know, almost, you know, at times it does feel like, I mean, what is the way out of this? It's hard to really see it. Um, and so lamenting, I think is a very appropriate approach to what is happening. Now we don't, you know, we don't just like live our entire lives and lament, but there are times, um, for us and, and part of what happened yesterday, there are times where grief 
and lament over what happened. It's it's the I would say even it can be the start of the way forward. It can be the start of how do we now once you lament and you grieve, maybe you get some clarity from the Lord on what how do we as Christians respond? Yeah. Um, because we can't ultimately look. I think part of what happened yesterday is you saw in bright vivid colors what happens when we put our hope in politicians. Yeah. Um, when we put, when humanity puts, when broken humanity puts their faith in broken humanity. Yep, absolutely. Um, and this is what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, and so we, we can't honestly expect that, okay, this is going to be fixed by new policies. We can't, mm-hmm. you mentioned the media. We can't expect that the media is going to correct because, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. Part, part of this is driven by media narratives on both sides of the aisle. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Anyways, you have some thoughts. Yeah. I, I, well, I want to. I want to continue on what you're saying too. Um, one, one of the songs. Anybody that knows me knows that I'm an avid Switchfoot fan. Love John Foreman. Um, and mm-hmm. and he has a song. Uh, one of the ones I listened to yesterday, and it's called "Looking for America." And it has this line, you know, "America, who are you?" And mm-hmm. and I think that that's the question right now. If you if if we don't know who we are, let's see. What was I taught from my grandparents? If if you don't stand for something, you fall for anything. Um, hmm. when, when we don't know what anchors us, when we don't have an anchor, um, which is what it feels like more and more that the anchor is not even, not even just up in the ship, but it's, it's gone, it's lost at sea, then you're going to be moved by the cultural currents. And so I, I can't, you can't expect media to, to be an anchor. It, its job is yeah. just to tell you the weather. Um, and so yeah. I'm, I'm not this anti, like, let's just be, oh, it's, it's this evil scheme. I think that it's just showing you footage and videos of the things that it's showing you footage. It's showing you the storm. I'm not concerned. Yeah. I know there's a storm. Um, I, I, whether, whether people knew of it before now or not, media just shows us the storm, how true and how big it really is. What I'm not looking for is, is pictures of the storm. I'm looking for pictures of the anchor. I'm looking for mm. who are the people, who are the things, what are their ideas that can truly give us that, that hope and get that thing. And what is the solution to this? Um, and so I think that a lot of people are, are attacking different things because they're, they're adding to the noise. They're, they're, they're saying, Hey, look at this or look at that. And those things, Mm -hmm. what you just said can never be the anchor. I can't look to broken humanity to fix broken humanity. I love the way you said that. And so Mm -hmm. that's what I see a lot of on social media is, um, do you really, do you really think that that it depends on who's the president of the, I mean, does it really, I mean, I think leadership (laughs) is huge. Don't get me wrong, Mm -hmm. but that person that you put in the presidency, um, will always be a broken person. Um, you know, mm. even over the break, we even saw another, another, you know, major Christian leader who, whose failures came out, um, Ravi Zacharias and some of those things there. Yeah. Um, I mean, even, even some of the best of the best people that I've met and read, you know, they're still, they're still human. And so when are we going to realize that our hope cannot be found in man? Um, mm-hmm. that, that's always been true of the Christian faith. And that's always been the message of the Bible, um, is mm. to find your identity in Christ. And so I do think, James, you're right. Step one is is grieve, lament, have righteous indignation. I think it's okay if people are mad right now. Um, as long as yeah. you as long as you direct that madness yeah. in, a, in a correct way, you know, it's okay to have righteous indignation about this. It's okay to lament. Mm-hmm. In fact, you should be doing both of those. Um, the prophets would tear their sackcloth. I mean, you, we should have this moment, but then we really need to start being people who say, okay, where do we find the anchor? And as Christians, we mm. have always said throughout the entire history that we turn to God, that we turn to this guy, Jesus, and we and we really should be bearing down um, in these moments. Um, and, and, I, yeah. and I think that's that's part of that next phase that we're looking for. 
Yeah, Dre, I, I want to kind of pivot off of that. And, uh, you know, now we pivot from lament to finding the anchor. I love how you're putting that. Um, you, you know, and so this is, you know, where do we go from here? Uh, first off, it's reexamining and redefining, I think, for believers, where is our identity and where is our hope? Mm-hmm. Because I think believers have fallen into the trap I saw so I saw so many posts yesterday. You know, we're we're losing America or mm. things like that. And, and, and look again, I, I, it's not. I mean, it's not completely bad to like lament over you know where you you know the idea that maybe you're losing a country you love yeah, or, or at the, least the, the way things were broken. Yeah, the things you were. Yeah, I mean, it's not. I'm not saying you can't grieve over that at all, but. It, it's almost in a sense like, well, our entire identity was in what America was or what in America, what I think America should be. And if we lose it, then I lose everything. And the simple truth is, and this is basic and you've probably heard it a hundred times, but it's worth, we have to keep reminding ourselves of it. Mm-hmm. Is my, if, if we lose, if quote unquote, whatever you mean by this, if we lose America, we don't lose our hope because I am not my primary citizenship as a believer is not American. Mm-hmm. My primary citizenship is in the kingdom of God. Yeah. And I find my anchor not in a president, but I find my anchor in the king, in Christ himself, who is enthroned far above. And Dre, I think you're going to get to Ephesians 4 here in a second, but yeah. even Ephesians 1 begins with the idea that Christ has been raised, he's seated at the right hand of God, and he is far above every ruler, power, authority, every name that is named. Christ is king. Mm -hmm. And and so I find my identity in who the king is and whose kingdom I'm actually a part of. You know, if you, I thought this to myself yesterday, if there's, if you don't, if you didn't long for the kingdom of Christ to be fully realized yesterday, I don't know um, when you will mm. fully long for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I found myself just really longing for the perfect kingdom to arrive. Yeah. Um, yeah. And But the truth is, is we as believers can live out that kingdom now in a sense. And so um, I think that's also important. Andrea, I think you're going to even hit a little bit on that. Of what does it mean for us to live out um, the kingdom ethic and yeah. what does it mean for us to live out being citizens of the kingdom? Yeah. Well, and that's exactly, that's exactly the point that I want to, I want to end with on this episode um, is, is this reality that everybody who says like, you know, are, are we, are we citizens of heaven? Right. Amen. Like we got to go to heaven. Like, you know, once we all get to heaven, we sing songs about it. Right. We, we, mm-hmm. we think about this, but it is one thing to say it and it is another thing to live it. And I'm, I'm not convinced that we really believe that truth, that we are people who are eternal, that we are people who are foreigners in this world as it is now. And we long for what's to come next. I, I mean, that is mm-hmm. such a crux of, of almost the entire new Testament um, that this world is not your home as it is right now, that, that, that there is, there is this final stage in your salvation, right? This glorification, this thing when God comes back and makes uh, renews everything, whenever he, he, he comes and he takes back what is already his and he's already been inaugurated into it. And so we get to live now in light of what's to come, the already not yet. And these are these are core uh, theological concepts that I think are everywhere in, in scripture. And yet whenever it comes to the tension point, whenever it comes to the moment where the rubber meets the road, you know, it's like we throw all that out the window and say, oh, my gosh, my, my life is falling apart. This country's falling apart because we never really 
sat in that truth. We never really embraced it. We never really, I'd even argue, believed it. It was a fairy tale to us. Mm -hmm. And so I think what's happening in our world is you've really got to start deciding which kingdom are you from. And so how do we do that? You know, what, what, what is the ethics of, of the kingdom that we do belong to if we are in Christ? And um, I think you're exactly right. Ephesians begins talking about this and it ends with the application. And it, it ends with this idea of live in unity. And so I want to read Ephesians 4.1. It says, you know, I mm. therefore the prisoner for the Lord urge you. So Paul is writing as a prisoner for the Lord. Look at that language. And I urge you to live mm. worthy of the calling which you have been called with all humility and gentleness and with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And and there's so much in this passage, but this idea of, I want to point out this in verse two, this uh, participle bearing, um, it's it's this word, if you look at, at BDAG in one of the lexicons, it's the idea of putting up with one another, right? It's this idea mm. of, of you're going to have to put up with one another and you do that with humility, gentleness, patience, right? And you do mm. everything you can to have unity. And this is this is this has to be our response. And so, yes, you can have right to, righteous indignation. Yes, seek your identity. But at the end of the day, if you're posting things and you're responding and your conversations are not filled with humility, gentleness, and with, and with patience, patience, then you are not doing the hard work that it is of living up to the calling that you have been given. Um, the, yeah. that, that the Christian faith has always been not let's win. Right. It's always been let's sacrifice because we know what's coming is better than what's here. You know, it's mm. not this let's dominate culture. Let's take back. Let's come in and, and and bring bring the kingdom now. Right. It's the exact opposite. It's this idea of humility, gentleness, patience. And this mm. is this is the Christian message. The most powerful man in the world, God himself, who comes in, into this world does not come as a king or does not come as a warrior. He comes as a baby in a manger. That's Christmas, right? Mm -hmm. And how dare we think that we can do something different? How dare we think that we deserve rights, privilege, prestige, power, right? Um, mm. We had it in our culture for a while, and what a, what a gift of grace it was, but we don't have it anymore, and we should not demand it because Christ himself didn't demand it. And then we wait mm -hmm. because he will come back and there will be prestige, there will be power, there will be the presence of God himself when the kingdom comes, and we long for that day. But what do we do while we wait? This is our this is our instruction. We live in unity. Um, we we mm. bring humility, gentleness, patience. And so, James, keep adding to this. I mean, we, we could go forever in Ephesians, but um, I really wanted to bring our attention to to this message that this idea of of it's it's hard work. It's putting up with one another. We have to mm. put up with this um, and bear one another, and we have to do it in love. Yeah, Dre, I you you, you were talking of it. Just kind of it brought a question to my mind, and I, I think it's a question that we need to ask of ourselves. And that is the question of what exactly are we fighting for? Mm. Um, and I think a lot of believers have fallen the trap. We are fighting for the wrong thing. Yeah. We are fighting for our self-perceived rights, right? We, we want what's right for us, but are we fighting for the light of the gospel? Are we fighting for truth? Are we, are we fighting for, we read about unity and we, you know, the New Testament says it all the time or it speaks in ways of talking about fighting to be at peace with one another, fighting to keep the unity with one another. Mm -hmm. You know, Paul, even in this passage, I'm imploring you to do this. And I think Paul would tell the early church, fight to stay unified. Mm -hmm. Do not, you know, fight to fight things that are going to bring division. Uh, don't get entangled in things that are, that's going to divide you and distract you from the most important thing. Um, 
Ephesians 6 serves as a reminder of, by the way, uh, before I get into Ephesians 6, you know, right after Ephesians 4, that passage you're reading, he reminds us that Christ is the one who's ascended on high and he's led a host of captives captive and he's giving gifts to men, reminding us again of Christ's position as Lord. And it, it's, it's out of... It's out of this idea, in Ephesians specifically, and even Colossians, it's out of this idea of Christ's enthronement as king that he then gives a kingdom ethic mm-hmm. uh, by which the church is to live. But then you get into Ephesians 6, and what does he say? He says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities, powers, against the spiritual darkness of this world. So how do you defeat spiritual darkness? Mm-hmm. Um, do you do it by going on social media and posting whatever conspiracy theory fits your narrative? No, you you go and you, you speak the gospel. Um, yeah. You are a peacemaker. Jesus commands us, blessed are the peacemakers. You are one. And how do you bring peace? You speak the truth of the gospel. Um, and I think we're far more con- sometimes um, we as believers were far more concerned that my political ideology um, is maintained and is affirmed rather than is the gospel being affirmed, yeah. is the gospel being propagated. Um, you know, one I think I, on a positive note, you know, I think a lot of what we're talking about can be very negative and hard to think on. But I, I'm going to say this on a positive note for believers is that when darkness comes, it brings an opportunity to shine light, Yeah. right? And so what we need to look at in our culture is darkness is here. So there is a real opportunity, and no one's solving the issue right now, right? If anything, the issue is getting worse. Mm-hmm. And so where does that leave us with opportunity? The opportunity is that we have the answer to disunity. We have the answer to division, and the answer is in the peace and the harmony that is brought about by Christ himself. And so what are we doing to ref- to propagate that in what we speak? But then what are we doing to reflect that in how we, how we who are in Christ mm-hmm. treat one another? Yeah. Um, those are the hard questions I think we need to be asking. So uh, please, uh, you know, I, I, am, I implore those who are listening um, – don't let your social media feed be one where you get on your point the fin- you're pointing the finger at the other side or even worse what some Christians doing are doing is pointing the finger at each other yeah um yeah let it be more about what the gospel is and where we can find true unity yeah yeah I want I want to read Ephesians 4 four through six I think this kind of wraps up what we've been talking about and it says this there is one body and one spirit. Just as you two were called to be the one hope of your calling, right? Talking Mm. about this hope we said earlier, where do we find it? Where to be the hope? Where to be the representatives of the anchor? One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all and through all and in all. And so I want to leave people with this idea that everything, what I think I see here in Ephesians 4 through 6 is that everything in the Christian life revolves around unity. And yet being incredible, yeah. it's incredibly individual and it's diverse unity. So oneness is not based in sameness, right? We're not all called to be the same. We're, we're called to be different. And this is exactly what's happening in Judaism, the first century that they're up against is different belief systems, different ways to understand the law and the government. Um, and Paul is saying in the middle of all this, that everything in your Christian life revolves around unity. 
that this is where people, this is where the world will see your hope. I think Jesus prays this too in, in John 17 in his prayer, right? May they be one as we are one, right? The Trinity, this idea of, mm-hmm. and why do they do that? So that the world will know. And so James, you're hitting on this gospel thing. And I want to remind people as our response on this, that it's not just, it's not just picking a political side and, and, and bearing down in it, that our response to this, that our unity is the primary method, the, 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 the main mode that God has chosen to bring his gospel, that our unity as believers is so important that because whenever we do it, that is the way we evangelize. That, that, that John 17 is saying that when we, whenever we come together, whenever we become one as God is one, then the world will know who God is. And so mm-hmm. we are to be, as Ephesians 4 says, the, the hope of our calling, um, that we mm-hmm. are the ones that represent this anchor. And, and it's, it's very important. And so it's not just as small as a political opinion. It's not just something as small as, as coffee conversation or, or, or arguments at whatever area you find yourself in the workspace. But this is, this is deep, deep stuff. And, and it's mm. important. And so I, I think that the way we respond to this is a gospel issue. And, and we've got to learn um, how, to, how to live through this. And we've got to start doing it well. And so just think through it. I, I want to end too with, uh, with, with this as far as my thoughts. And Ephesians later on goes down to, I think it's somewhere in five, but it says this idea of, um, of live, live very, be very careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. And so mm. I just want to leave people as we respond to this, be very, very careful how you're living because the days are mm. very evil and there's a lot of opportunities uh, where you can take advantage, where you can try to get high, where you can try to uh, put yourself in a position over someone else. There's all these things mm. that can happen and, and don't do this, but but be very clear of what God is doing in the world around us. And this is what Ephesian leaves us with um, and, and and learn to encourage one another and learn to to live with one another in love, gentleness, humility. This is how we respond. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, Trey, I don't think I have anything to add. Do you? No, I, that's that's good for today. Um, James, go ahead and close us out. All right. Thanks again, always, for listening to our podcast. As always, you can send us a question or a topic uh, for the show on our Facebook page. Uh, that's Good Theological Thursday. Just search that on Facebook if you do not follow our Facebook page or to goodtheologicalthursday at gmail.com. And if you like what you've heard today, consider leaving us a rating, a review, or just pass this episode on to a friend. Dre, tell us where we are going next week. Yes, next week, join us as we talk about a biblical view of revival. So talk about revival and and is it biblical and, and should we be praying for it in the future? So until then, have a good Theological Thursday. Thanks for listening. See ya. See ya.